Don't say die, we won't give in We're number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm and we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 22. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify platforms. As always, I'm your host, Gobbs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the podcast, shall we? Last tackle play, away goes Harry, gets to the Cameron, kick for the corner, here he goes, two hat-tricks, Xavier Coates does the hammer, hat-trick. Yeah, Xavier Coates scoring his second hat-trick against the Roosters this season. Did so first time around, down at Amy Park in round six and backed it up on the weekend in round 21 against the Roosters at the SCG. It was the first time it's been done since 1954 uh, by Newtown Bluebags back then, Newtown Bluebags winger Ray Preston, um, against, coincidentally, the Roosters as well. So how about that for history? But, uh, yeah, congratulations to Xavier Coates, who has taken his game to a whole new level, especially... uh, uh, in, in season 23, but more so post his uh, recall to the Origin Arena. He's definitely come back a much more confident and well-rounded player, and that's that's the benefit of having players play in representative teams and representative environments. They virtually grow uh, another leg. Um, they're in and around a, an environment, a high-performance environment, um, where they're mixing with other high-caliber representative players and they get to pick up on the other sort of, I suppose, uh, idiosyncrasies, habits, the way uh, other players prepare and get in the zone ready for for game days and and, and training, etc. And and you can see that Coates has obviously been a bit of a sponge. Um, He's a student of the game, a real learner, uh, and he's, he's brought those habits back. Uh, and his football is uh, is ben- benefiting from that. And when he's playing well, well, it only, again, adds to the dynamic of the storm. Uh, and that goes back to the mentality that uh, Craig Bellamy teams have been built on, where if you do your job, it helps everyone else do theirs. And we're seeing that with Xavier Coates at the moment. So, But tremendous uh, achievement to score. Uh, a second uh, hat-trick against the same team in a calendar year. But uh, 
Yeah, alas, uh, talking about the game, 30-16 to 16, uh, against the Sydney Roosters uh, at the SCG last Saturday night. It was a bit of an arm wrestle for the first 50 minutes. Um, the Roosters looked the more dominant team and the more willing, actually, um, from my uh, from my view, uh, having been out of the game and just watching and observing and, and seeing the flow of the game. Um, not one team sort of was dominating field position as such, but it, the Roosters... They just didn't capitalise on their opportunities. There was one point, I think they made eight line breaks to the Storms three. But again, we talk about taking your opportunities. The time that the Storms, the Storm made their their line breaks, they made them count, converting them into points or com- converting them in, into getting into good, uh, good, good field position or good ball area where they were able to post points and, and heap pressure on, on the Roosters. So that sort of told the tale. Um, and even though it was 6-4 at half time, you just got the feeling that the next team that was uh, was going to, I suppose, post points or score uh, would probably go on with it, and that was the case with, with the Storm. Um, so Coates scored his first try in the 11th minute, uh, and again, the Storm wouldn't cross the line until the 52nd minute so the second half, and that came through that slicing run from Jerome Hughes, and then Coates again in the 55th, Harry Grant in the 63rd, and then Coates again in the 73rd minute. So with uh, five minutes to go, the scoreline was actually 30 to 30 to four, um, sorry, 30 to six, and um, oh, I was right the first time, 30 to four, and the the interesting. Aspect was they, the Roosters scored two late tries. Daniel Tupou in the seventy seventh minute and Siwa Wong, or Josh Wong as he wants to be known, in the seventy ninth minute. So the scoreline flattered the Roosters. Uh, it didn't, and it didn't really show the dominance of the Melbourne Storm in that last half an hour of the game, um, in front of twelve thousand and twenty one people at the SCG, um, the Grand Old Ground. Bit, due to the Roosters um, not being able to play out of Allianz Stadium due to the FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, So they'll be calling the SCG home once again, which is conveniently only located next door. But, um, yeah, alas, the the scoreline did flatter the Roosters somewhat uh, and it didn't sort of uh, reflect the dominance of the storm. I know Craig Bellamy wouldn't be happy conceding those two late tries. You've heard me bang on over the past few weeks about the importance of for and against um, and and being able to win games, but start to win games and bank um, some really positive uh, points in attack uh, in order to hopefully what will be a top four position as opposed to not being in the top four. Um, That's how close this competition is, which I continue to allude to. So it's really, really ensuring that whilst winning is at the forefront and the most important thing, it's important to be able to be winning games and winning games comprehensively and convincingly, which can actually boost ones for and against because at the moment the Storm can need to need to build uh, and, and get a, a much higher positive for and against. Uh, the... The, the, the tail of the tail, uh, tape was... 
Uh, the Storm again completing above 80%, 81%, 36 from 44 sets. And again, um, I'm a stickler for it, and your ears are probably bleeding for it, but I'll continue to say it. If if you're completing at 80% or over, you're putting yourself in the position to win a game of football, and that's, again, what the Storm did in that regard. So... Um, no, it was it was really really good to see. As I said, uh, made mention to it before, the Roosters had eight line breaks to the Storm's three, but the Storm just took their opportunities in that regard. Um, and yeah, the missed tackles, uh, the Storm missed thirty six over the course of the eighty minutes to the the Roosters fifty four. Um, and you think about these two teams, um, defense has always been the benchmark. Of, of these two clubs, especially over the most recent times um, with the rivalry that started to be built uh, in 2018 uh, when they were grand final combatants. Um, uh, and since that time, yeah, it's um, they've, they've been always in, in the top two or three teams defensively. Uh, you throw the Panthers in there as well, but... Um, Defence at the moment is something that is a, a bit of an issue for both teams um, uh, and the Storm will be definitely looking to to rectify that and get get that missed tackle number a lot lower uh, over the next seven weeks as they, as they do lead into hopefully a top four uh, finals finish uh, because, again, history shows uh, over 115 years of Premiership Rugby League uh, the team that usually, or 99.9% of the time that wins the comp is usually the best um, defensive team or at least comes from the two uh, top two defensive teams. So the Storm really, really need to focus on getting their D right because there's enough uh, attack um, in, the, in the Storm to be able to score points and score points quickly, which we've seen uh, in recent times. Um, also on the weekend again against the Roosters as well. So um, that's something that really, really needs to improve upon. Um, so we'll see how that regard, how that, how, how, how they fare in um, in the coming weeks. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure Belliac will be making sure that is a distinct priority moving forward uh, because you can't win a comp if your defence is off. So let's see what Beliak had to say in the press conference. How did you see that game, Craig? The Roosters looked like they came to play early on. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good contest the whole game. I know the score sort of... You know, like when you looked at the score, it was 30 to 4. Like that was a bit hard to believe, really, you know. Um, I think it was a lot, lot tighter contest than that, you know. Um, they sort of bashed us up a bit, especially in that first half. And, you know, um, I thought we were really res- resilient. You know, we sort of really hung on. Like, you know, they had you know, a lot more of the ball in the first half than we had, so they gave them, you know, some good field position. But, you know, they only scored the one try, which I, I thought was a you know, really good effort from us. Second half, it turned around. Like, you know, we had more ball. Um, and, you know, we probably... You know, wall, their, wall them down, you know, towards the end, and you know that's where the points come. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, we sort of knew, or we sort of guessed that, you know, it was going to be physical. You know, that's when they're playing at their best. You know, and they're really physical at the start of the game, and you know, they're probably 
do their best to get the other side, you know, to go away, to sort of give it up. But I, that, that's what I was real happy with our guys tonight. I don't think we went away at all tonight. We just sometimes we were sort of under pump without a doubt. But I just thought we hung in there, and you know, we got some you know real good rewards at the end. Very much so, and I think that goes to the point that Belliac just made there. Uh, hanging on, it was defensively. It was very, very impressive. The scramble, the scramble to get back and shut down the raids uh, on the edges from the Roosters um, and the goal line defence, turning away the Roosters every time they were attacking uh, in good ball and and specifically um, in the red zone of the storm. Um, Melbourne continued to just push them away, push them away, turn them away. Uh, again, scrambled really, really well, got there in numbers to shut down um, a lot of their shape, um, trying to target the edges and whatnot. So that was the most pleasing thing. Um, and you can usually tell when the Storm are on is that their goal line D and their ability to scramble and shut down raids um, when opposition teams start to throw shape on both edges, if they can get there quickly in numbers and shut, shut teams down from scoring tries... Um, it, it, it goes a long way to showing that they're on defensively and that that almost uh, supersedes into their attack, that they know that if they can weather the storm, they can, they, pardon the pun, if, if they can weather the storm and absorb um, uh, the offensive attack from an opposition team, that, that almost gives them confidence knowing that as soon as they get a fit, even fair um, share of possession, and if they can start to make some inroads and play over the advantage line through the likes of Nelson and, and, and Tui um, really sort of laying a platform and getting uh, providing a little bit of time, space and room uh, for Harry um, to get out and jump and start asking questions of the markers and A and B defenders, then that, all, that almost basically virtually opens up the game um, in terms of allowing Munster and Hughes to just run, run first and run second, run third mentality, and that that's 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 really the essence of of the Storms, the Storms attack. Um, so yeah, it, it's defensively, uh, it was a really really good performance. Again, uh, you take out those two tries um, at the end, which sort of flattered the Roosters. Again, that was a lapse of. Um, I'm not going to say a lapse of concentration. That's probably the wrong term, but I think it was more the the fact that the storm had clocked off for the night, um, and I know that would be very disappointing and not pleasing Bellyache at all because he would have rather a clean sheet in the second half, uh, as all good coaches do, especially those that are defensively minded like Craig Bellamy. So, if anything, it gives it gives Bellyache and the coaching staff something to to pinpoint and work on. Um, and potentially give them a spray about, which isn't such a bad thing. Isn't such a bad thing. Uh, if the score was a lot tighter, um, well, the Storm potentially could have put themselves in a position to lose. So I'm sure that'll be the message um, from Bellyache and the coaches to say, hey, um, you, you might have got the victory and there might have been a 14-point difference, but if the score line was a lot closer then potentially momentum would have swung and 
who knows? The Storm might have gone to Golden Point against a better team uh, or a high-flying team that, um, um, that yeah, that, that potentially could have made them pay. But alas, um, we got the chocolates. That's all that matters. We move on now and we focus on Newcastle. So um, that's all that matters, really, doesn't it? So... Yeah, good win. It was a very good win. Team List Tuesday. Melbourne Storm coach Craig Bellamy has named an unchanged starting lineup for the Round 21 matchup with the Newcastle Knights at the McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, this Saturday night's clash with first meeting between the two teams in over a year. Storm and the Knights last faced off in Round 8 last season with the Storm putting together a strong performance, running out 48-point victors, winning 50-2. to After celebrating his 50th NRL game last week, Tom Eisenhoek will back up for his 50th appearance in Storm Colours. Yes, made mention of that last week, that um, he'd played one NRL game um, for the Panthers, having been called up uh, to replace a, an injured player in warm-up when he was playing under-20s. At the Panthers, so congratulations to Tom Eisenhuth again. Uh, Storm do milestones very, very well. Uh, let's have a look at the quick team quickly. We've got Nick Meany at fullback, Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates, uh, Remus Smith and Justin Ollum are the backline. Uh, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes are in the halves. Cameron Kamitha, Christian Welsh, Harry Grant are in the front row, and Hooker, Trent Liero, Nelson, Asafat Solomona finds himself again on an edge. Uh, with Ellie Katoa still missing, uh, recovering from that laceration of the eye. Josh King is at lock on the interchange bench. Tyron Wishart, Tom Eisenhuth, Tarek Sims and Alec McDonald, who again forced his way into the interchange last week and had a great game. His leg speed in and around the ruck is a point of difference for the Storm as a middle forward. Uh, reserves, Bronson Garlic, Chris Lewis, Jaden Nicarima, Marianne Seve and George Jennings are on the extended reserves list. Now looking at the Knights, Kalen Ponga and captain at fullback, Dominic Young, Greg Marzu on the wings, Dane Gagai and the New South Wales origin beast, Bradman Best is in the centres. Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings are the Knights halves. Daniel Sofiti and Leah Thompson are the front row with Phoenix Crossland and Hooker. Tyson Frizzell and Lachlan Fitzgibbon are in the second row. Adam Elliott is at lock. On the interchange bench for the Knights, Kurt Mann, former Melbourne Storm outside back. Uh, Jacob Saifiti, Jack Hetherington, Matt Croker round out the 17 with Dylan Lucas, Ernari Tuwala, Brody Jones, Heimel Hunt, a former Storm player as well in jersey number 21, and Adam Clune. The dangers for the, for the Knights, their left edge attack is one of the most lethal and most potent in the NRL uh, Ponga he is just a, a dynamo down that left edge. His combination with Hastings as well as his back row, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, that's their go-to. That's the shape that they love executing. They do that line well, that block running play, which really can isolate uh, a two-man and three-man defender specifically. Um, anyone who watched the Knights play the West's Tigers last week that was just virtually the game plan. Keep running that way, and poor old uh, Brandon Wakeham had no idea. Um, focused on Fitzgibbon getting the ball, focused on uh, Ponga getting the ball, focused on Bradman Best getting the ball, and that's the thing. When you've got different variations to your shape, which the Knights do, they've got options. 
um, it really, really asks some specific questions to a right edge defence. Uh, and one thing about the Storm is that if they start retreating in defence, then it just opens up for Ponga just to attack, attack, attack. Um, and he's very, very quick in terms of being able to get on the outside of his opposition defender. And that, again, draws in um, usually the two-man and the winger has to jam in as well. So that's definitely an area that they're going to be isolating. So Warbrick, Smith, uh, Hughes and Nelson are going to have to be on high alert to shut down that lethal left edge of the Knights. In terms of their forward pack, well, very uh, very underrated, very no-nonsense. The Safiti brothers are great players. They're representative players. Uh, Leo Thompson has had a breakout season. Uh, big fan of Leo Thompson. Um, his brother is actually an All Black, uh, but he's uh, he's come across and he's made rugby league his game, and um, he's he's playing really really well for Newcastle. Tyson Frizzell, well, he's just a beast. Fitzgibbon, uh, unheralded, uh, really really good player, has that combination uh, with. Uh, with Caelan Ponga on that left edge. Adam Elliott, no slouch either. Great leg speed um, and gets through a ton of work. So that left edge is going to be the thing um, that the Storm are, again, have to, going to be have, have to be on high alert. They can't, they can't sit back. They've actually got to have that up and in and, and really sort of jam in uh, and time, time, your, time your defensive jam as well. Don't wait. For it because if if you jam in too quickly and then all of a sudden um, it's just going it's just going to set Greg Marzu up for a field day to score tries all day long. So again, it's really going to come down to making strong defensive decisions in that regard. And if the if the Storm's middle isn't um, compressing, uh, meaning that we're not being dominated through the middle third. Um, and we're dominating the ruck, then fingers crossed that'll go a long way to warding off any potential threat of the Knights down that left edge. But um, they've been playing some pretty decent football over the past two or three weeks. Um, and, yeah, they'll be up for this challenge because they're already in they're already in finals football mode because they need to keep winning in order to make it. So their, their, their mentality is already sudden death football. Um, so this, if the Storm go into this game with any sort of reluctance or um, complacency trying to take this team lightly, they're going to get their pants pulled down, and we don't want to see that. Um, we've already seen that a couple of times this year, uh, once against the Seagulls at, at Four Points Park and another occasion um, when the Cowboys smacked the bum of the Storm up there in Townsville. So, yeah, let's hope that the boys are in tune, focused, ready to go. Uh, they've spent a week uh, on the New South Wales north coast of Cherrigal, the central coast, uh, in a camp. Um, let's hope it's been uh, a positive, refreshing break for the Storm, who stayed up in New South Wales after the game uh, against the Roosters on the weekend. So it's only a short bus ride up to, to Newcastle. And, yeah, let's hope they can get the job done. Um, there was a bit of talk on 100% footy, Channel 9's uh, primary footy show during the week, and um, the panel was asked about Melbourne Storm's chances, about uh, their f- 
what what sort of impact they can make in the finals. And I found it very interesting to hear what Phil Gould had to say. Let's see what Gus um, when asked about the Melbourne Storm's chances. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, uh, we saw earlier, they were victorious against the Roosters. I seem to be this year, Gus, I don't know what it is, flying under the radar of sorts. They're sitting in third at the moment. They've won four of their last five. Why? They've had some topsy-turvy results, and I think outside their sort of spine and, and a couple of their outside backs, the rest of them are just tradesmen. They're just really journeyman tradesmen. They haven't got the big-name forwards that they used to have of yesteryear, and... Um, you know, I guess most people think the other top sides have got them covered, but Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storm are always professional. They, will, they won't beat themselves. You've got to beat them. They've had a couple of dodgy results during the course of the year, but, you know, when it seems to matter, they'll be able to get the results. They have no trouble scoring the points. Uh, and we saw that on the cricket ground the other night where they just decimated the Roosters. I mean, I think the Roosters were really up for it. I thought the Roosters tried really hard the other night. I thought they were really trying to get their season back on track. And the storm just weathered it and brushed them aside pretty comfortably. You, you talk about spines. They've probably got, <clears throat> I can't say the best in the game, but right up there, Harry Grant, Hughes and Munster, they're, they're all geniuses. Absolutely outstanding. Papenhausen to come back. How he slots back in, we wait and see. And we're, what sort of form he is when he gets back. I'm told it's a year to the day since he suffered since that injury. In, in, yeah, injury. that's a long time. And we're still none the wiser. Yeah, look, I don't know what's happening with him. Uh, do you know, Danny, what's oh, going on? I don't on? know the latest. Though. Yeah. I noticed he's uh, started goal kicking again, which is okay. probably a good sign that he's getting closer. He hadn't kicked for a year, as you said, James. And uh, I guess the fact that he's confident enough in his body and his legs that he can start to kick might mean he's getting closer. Well, uh, I just look at the spine they've got. Harry Grant, to me, is such a good player. He's probably the best hooker in the competition. Then you've got Munster, who's a freak, as we know, and Hughes has been a, you know, a genius for a number of years. So you They've put been that great. spine together. We went down to Melbourne the other night when they played indoors against the Panthers. They led 14 0. What they get beat? Mm. Yeah. Thirty odd. Yeah. Flogged. Well, well, he said, we said Flogged. he logged. I said that a moment ago. Wasn't even close. I think Penrith there again. Wasn't even close. What does that say about the Storm, Gus? What is it? Well, he says well they're just not. The I don't think they're up to the Panthers. The Panthers are miles in front of everyone. Miles in front of everyone. Yeah, Phil Gould there, and he's right. Penrith uh, have already got one one hand on the trophy, um, and the Storm again. Are, they're not playing their best football, and that's okay. There's seven weeks to go. You don't want to be playing your best football and peaking too early and then crashing and burning in the finals. So um, the major thing, in again, I made mention to it before, as long as they get their defence right, that's going to be the major thing. So if the Storm get, can get their defence right, then I have very, very little issue that um, come, come September, the Storm aren't going to be in a mindset of ready to challenge, especially if they've got an X factor returning in the likes of Ryan Pappenhausen. So um, that'll be something that we really need to be focused on in that regard. So, look, um, am I concerned? No, not really, because, again, there's seven weeks is a very, very long time in the rugby league. Uh, a week is a, a long time in the rugby league. A lot can happen between now and then. So let's just uh, let's let's see how things pan out over the next seven weeks, and it all starts this weekend again with with the Knights. Some great news: uh, Ellie Katoa re-signing with the club uh, during the week, uh, extending out to the end of twenty twenty seven. Uh, great news. Hopefully he's going to be returning in the next couple of weeks after that uh, that eye injury. Let's hear what Ellie had to say. 
congratulations on your extension. Melbourne must be treating you pretty well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying my time here since I moved here. Uh, I think a big part of it is just the boys that you know make it. I feel like I, it's home for me here. I've got a um, good career on me. Like the boys have been good and the, and the coaching staff as well. So yeah, life's good now. Absolutely. What's your favourite thing about Melbourne so far? Do you think? Like I said before, it's just the boys around here. Uh, I moved here, didn't know anyone, but um, as soon as I got here, the boys uh, make me feel welcome, and uh, you know, just yeah, I feel like I just moved from home to home, pretty much. Yeah. And you're a pretty permanent fixture on the side so far. How do you think your season went up to this point? Uh, yeah, I've actually missed it. Um, you know, uh, watching the boys every weekend make me, uh, you know, actually just want to get back and play. But yeah, they're actually doing, doing not too bad at the moment. They're, they're going good. But um, yeah, I was obviously like, enjoying my footy when I was when I was playing, and um, yeah, hopefully I'll be back soon. Absolutely. And can you give us a bit of an update on your eye? We're keen to see you back out there again soon. Yeah, so I was um, back to, back to um, the training on, on Sunday. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going through a little preseason now. I haven't done anything for for a couple of weeks, and um, you know, just get back, do some running, and yeah, so we'll be back in two or three weeks. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Two or three weeks for Ellie. So yeah, Godspeed on the recovery. Um, it'd be good to get him back and put Nelson back in the in the front row. Um, and yeah, that'll really really strengthen the storm going forward in that regard. <laughs> Quick wrap on judo representative report. The Storm's jersey flag team returned to its winning ways with a hard-fought victory. 24-16 over the Manly Seagulls at Four Points Park, solidifying their spot in the top six. So currently sitting fifth, um, the Storm are on track to hopefully play finals football in the jersey flag. The feeder report, the round 18, the Storm's two feeder clubs, the Sunshine Coast Falcons and the Brisbane Tigers packed their bags and headed out to activate Queensland Country Week at the respective clashes, whilst the Tigers fell short 38-12 to against the Tweed Seagulls. The Sunshine Coast Falcons finally back in the winner's circle, beating the Northern Pride 24-8 to win uh, winners. So well done to the boys that uh, competed in that. <laughs> Well, that's it for me this week. Nice and short, sharp. It's been a very busy week with work. Um, I'm heading up to uh, Newcastle this weekend, driving up from Sydney or the southwest of Sydney in the Camden area, taking taking myself up the M1 to watch the Newcastle Knights play the Melbourne Storm. It's my favourite road trip. I love getting up to Newcastle. And for all those of you that are Sydney-based, hopefully you're doing the same. I uh, would love to see a large Storm contingent there. Have a great week. Enjoy your... Rugby league. Uh, I'm tipping Storm by 14 points. Let's hope my uh, premonition comes to fruition.